What's up, guys? We are here with another episode of Ball Status. That's right, folks. Our podcast where we talk about the business of health and the health of business. I am joined by our regulars, Mr. Patrick Meaty Thighs May. Hi. Meat Brigade! Oh, that's right. That's I nailed right. that right one. I need those t-shirts. I'm also joined by Carl the Cuck Frady, our general manager of the Nutrition Corners. I should have added Patrick is our national sales director for America Labs, America Energy, and um, Core. Uh, oh, not America Energy. Titles don't I, matter, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Carl had that conversation yesterday. But they do for the people that are listening to give them to give you guys some for the people for you need a resume. Listen, I'm, I, listen, when the, the people come guy. here and they when they when they listen to this for the first time, what is if they jump in on episode five, which I think this is right off the rip or maybe this is episode three. I don't know. Four. Uh, I think five. You're right. Yeah, five. five. Just keep it rolling. So uh, and they have no idea. Like, who's the dude with the mullet and who's the dude with the cuck head? They're not going to know. Like, do you guys have any <laughs> qualifications? Hey, you guys. Right. And okay. Then, All right. How long can Fair. we talk without introducing David? That's what he's <laughs> going. <laughs> he's sitting over here, guys. What about me, guys? Remember that one time five years ago when we did this, and then yeah, like, yeah, make yeah. him real feel left out, like because he wasn't part of that yet. Yep. Well, and to my left is Mr. David Doodrill. Will you ever get that right? Doodrill is Doodrill. David Doodrill from Arms Race Nutrition. He's a national sales manager over there. Welcome to the show, David. It's good to be on. That he's was gentle. That was gentle. <laughs> he's usually not so gentle. Usually he's a violent. He's a pretty gentle guy. You are. You're he's a, cry- like a teddy bear, bro. You're a crier, aren't you? I'm definitely a crier. <laughs> I watched. Uh, I took my daughter to go see uh, that new Disney movie, and I cried during the. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Disney movies yeah. will get you. Yeah, yeah. like what the, Disney movies? Uh, Encanto. Uh, yeah. uh, you're not the, there the, yet. The, not the lady. Yet. I don't know. Her yeah. whole family. Don't give it away. Spoiler yeah. alert. Won't do it. All right. It's bad. So, so we, oh, we have to give a shout out to this oh, beautiful new setup. That, that, I haven't seen this yet. You know, as quoted from the Christmas story, that is just electric sex right there, isn't it? It is electric I, sex. I like I that. Gotta re, I got to do homework. I didn't know. Bro, that. you we're about to. Fa- Never mind. Oh, we mate. failed. We should have worn shirts. Uh, last minute I, is how we did this thing. That is really good. Oh, we have a new wall. Last episode, we were blinded by the white wall. So we yeah. got the new wall. Got our official boss status sign up. Yeah. And the lights are off right now. Now. And I'm feeling good. Next week, we'll even have our official t-shirts on. Our next episode. Sure. Still figuring it out. Yes. All right, guys. Which are available on cornutritionals.com. <laughs> Use cord, co- code MEAT. <laughs> no, does that work? <laughs> no, I don't no, think okay. so. We should, uh, though. Hurry up and make it. All right. So today, we are going to be talking about building a brand. And specifically building a supplement brand and we're going to go into details here. We're not, we're not just going to talk a high level, just a whole bunch of hand waving and just making some high level concepts up. We're going to try to get down into the nitty gritty details. We're going to talk money. We're going to talk costs. We're going to talk uh, what it really takes to start a brand. I'm sure I'm going to forget a couple things here, but these are the, like the important things that came to my mind in thinking about this. Um, this is something that uh, we've done multiple times now, and we've done different ways and for different avenues. So the reason why we're talking about this now is because probably within the last month, I've had this conversation. We got the peanut gallery over in the corner here eating potato chips, and it's just and <laughs> it's like they can hear you on here. Like I'm like, 
Golly, Aaron, put the potato chips down. Step away from no, the potato, eat your potato chips. They can't. They, yeah, but as you're talking to the mic, they can't hear. I know, chips. but I just wish you could see him. He's over in the corner, stuffing his face <laughs> with potato chips. They, they are quest potato they are, chips. Yeah, they are protein because this is the business of health. You know what I'm saying? Um, where where was I? Oh, multiple conversations. Multiple conversations have occurred in the past month. So I would probably say three or four conversations of people um, that I've have asked for some advice. Um, or have come to me talking about building a brand and they wanted to know what it took. So I had some very real conversations with people. I, I never sugarcoat this. Um, and I, and I, and I share, right. I share a lot. So these people, there was nothing that I was going to benefit from these conversations. Like I didn't have to help these people. Um, they, you know, some of them wanted me involved. Some of them wanted to do their own thing. And I was honest with all of them across the board. So, uh, with that being said, you know, we have four brands under this roof, four supplement brands, let's say three supplement brands and an energy drink brand, which are kind of really in the same family. We have other brands like the retail stores and the gym and the, you know, other stuff. But um, for the sake of this, let's say we have four brands and we've done it um, and we are considering doing it for uh, another avenue as well. And, you know, there, there certainly will be other brands, but, um, you know, I made an Instagram post today talking about um, building these different brands and how it's fun because they each have their own personality. They each have their own culture. They each have their own community. And uh, they each are a little bit of a, a different side of, you know, for me personally, a little bit different side of my personality. Um, but the thing that is true across all of them, setting aside the, the quality and the innovation and stuff like that is very product specific is uh, the authenticity. And I think we'll talk about that a lot here and how that is important in building a brand. And so as how it's important to think about really what your brand wants to offer and what's going to separate you. Um, at the end of the day, really anyone can make a product and anyone can make a good product these days. Um, there's a lot of information on the internet. Everyone demands pro a non-prop blends now. Everyone demands, you know, trademark ingredients. Everyone demands, you know, efficacious doses. So like that's just a bare minimum. But to really start a great business, turning uh, this idea into a business, you need to create a great brand. Um, the other preference, uh, preface here is that, so we did this for core. When I did this for core, it was literally, I started with a product. I had no idea what I was doing. It wasn't, no vision wasn't to create a brand. So I have a perspective of doing this from like the hardest direction with the least amount of money and the longest period of time, which was like, you know, it took years and years to build a brand on a $20,000 investment in one product. And then on the other flip side in 2019, when we started Arms Race, we knew what we were doing. We were very strategic about it. We started with, you know, four products, three flavors each. We had a whole brand concept and all of this, and it was a much different. And the Arms Race was really a culmination of all the things that I learned and did wrong through the previous brands, America Labs and Core. Um, so, Let's get into the nitty gritty. You know, honestly, I think I'll probably be talking a lot on this podcast. So I just you got have you guys here for moral support. You really don't have to say anything. You can just look pretty and just say, ooh, Doug. No, no, no you, you, you're the pretty one. Yeah, no, you're the pretty I mean, one. I, I'm the pretty one today. Well, you are pretty yeah, you one are like I'm nasty. making him hot and hot. heavy. With their leg up. I'm Put your up. blue suede shoes up on the counter, bro. Look, look at those. They're legitimately blue suede shoes. Yeah. No, I saw them. I was like, I'm going to Elvis Presley that Let shit. Me go, you up. got that in Italy, didn't you? Uh, these I actually no got them in Italy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blue, the yeah. whole outfit yeah. might be from Italy. Yeah. No, the pants definitely aren't. Uh, but yeah, uh, got my Aldos. 
I remember when you came from back from Italy, you were like a changed man. You had like skinny jeans, you had blue suede shoes, you had a jacket. You're like, oh my gosh, was, we were sipping cappuccinos every morning. I'm like, who the f is this guy? <laughs> the uh, only thing go, missing was the Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> he straight up came yeah dude you were on a different level you met those swingers over there like it was <laughs> it was crazy don't tell the people about the swingers. yeah all right anyways getting into building a brand um so yeah if you guys have any comments because really you guys were all involved in this along the way and you've seen a lot of this stuff happen so um and again the point of this is like i really want to give some numbers because and it wasn't just in it was three or four in the last month. Over the last year, it's been uh, dozens of conversations of people that want to start a brand. So this is literally for Joe Schmo, who's passionate, passionate about supplements, wants to start a brand, want, wants to know what it takes. Um, now, I will preface this by saying, if you want to do it right and you want to go in big and you want to make a big splash and you want to throw a ton of marketing advertising dollars at it and you want to start advertising $100,000 a month on Facebook right off the rip and doing all this stuff, and you have the capital backing, sure, you know, having a couple million dollars to start a brand is probably the much easier route. But let's be honest, a lot of people don't have that. And that's a much, much riskier endeavor. I think people that are doing that are backed by money. One of the things that um, is I encourage people to do is to, if you try to bootstrap it, there's an advantage there is because it's your money. You, you get to appreciate that money when you're just uh, somebody's giving you a ton of money to start this. It's a lot easier to spend money. So you have a better concept of money when you're kind of bootstrapping it, but at the same time, you need a decent amount of money to get this going. So first concept, first, first idea here is the brand itself. Um, so this is where you really need to think about what's your why, right? Like we've talked about this before. What's your why? Um, and it has to be completely authentic to you or the brand, the brand, right? Like at the end of the day, you could create a brand that is authentic but it's not authentic to you. I think they're much more, and both could be successful. I think they're much more successful when they're authentic to you if you're going to be driving the brand. Um, or if you're doing it like I did, we did with Arms Race, it was very much authentic to the face of the brand, which is Julian. And I think the key here is, um, and this was a conversation I literally had the other week. This uh, small brand came to me and was talking about it, and I was like, dude, I, I don't understand your brand. You know, they had like three or four products, and it was a very, I don't want to talk specifically about it, but it was, there was a very specific theme. So there was no, like, there was nothing about that theme that would make me gravitate towards them or differentiate them from anybody else. It was just a certain theme, right? Um, and so I told them, I was like, you, you need to have a brand story. So what is your brand story? Why, why are, why would people want to associate with you? Why would people connect with you? Um, what is your story? And then that story needs to be vertically integrated all the way from the title, the brand, the brand name of your company to the labels of your company, all the way down to how you market it and how you tell your story. Um, and even into the products, like why are you doing certain products? So, um, for me, that's, that's the number one thing. And that's not, you know, it sounds like an easy concept, but, uh, um, so when really you say, not. uh, so your why the, I hate the word theme. It just sounds weird, but the story, right? That's the bigger your story. That's the overarching, what you're reaching for here for when you develop a brand is the story. And are you saying to tell the story through the brand, at, at, like everywhere you see it, you can see the story or like, are you saying like, okay, so your story, not the full story, but you ha it has to be consistent. So, like, for example, old school de dedication, modern science, right? Like, this is Julian. 
This is Julian's brand, the Orange right. Race Nutrition brand, right? So the whole feel is like if you if you follow Julian himself and his personal brand, his personal brand is kind of like this dedication to badass training, hardcore training, old school bodybuilding. Um, and he's kind of has that gritty look that he's wearing cut off flannels, old school, just that old school, like putting in the work, right? But at the same time, if you think about the old school trainers, they never had the advantage of modern science. Right. So that's kind of where I come in and we meld the two together. And it's the old school dedication of like the old school uh, bodybuilders. Dude, you're driving me crazy, bro. <laughs> He's over here eating a candy bar now. Uh, no, I'm just kidding, Aaron. Go ahead and stuff your face. Um, <laughs> and then, um, and then the, the modern science comes in. So it's old school dedication, modern science. And if you know Julian's look, it's kind of that gritty look. So that's consistent throughout the labels, right? Throughout the, kind of the names of the products, throughout just the look and feel of the brand, to the look and feel of the website. You get that kind of... It's kind of like this manly man, kind of old school. Like I'm gonna throw on my flannel and go cut some wood, and then yeah. I'm gonna lift some heavy weight. You know. Yeah, it's a consistent, it's a consistent branding across the board. Sure. But this and it tells a story. But with the story, is there also with the launch of the brand? Is it specific to tell your story with the launch, oh, like in through marketing or video? Absolutely, I, sure. So like, uh, you know, Rob and Dana just relaunched Run Subs, yeah. right? Or Run Everything Labs. And I thought they did a, um, you know, a really good job at, you know, it's now rebranded towards women. And they're trying to give women a voice to be themselves and push themselves and not have to really answer to anyone in how they train or how they look, right? Like that's kind of like, the story of yep. that brand. And as they relaunched the brand this past week, they did videos leading up to it, right? So like, and listen, no one, not everyone has the production capabilities of that or the creativity of that. Like they're, they're doing amazing things because they have that, right? Um, but you can do that to some extent. You have to tell your story. You have to tell your brand story. Like we kind of told a brand story when we relaunched Core in 2020. Remember the video we did where I was kind of sitting in the kind of dark light yep. and kind of explained where we came from and where we're going. And yep. um, so I think that's important. So knowing yourselves, being authentic to yourselves, because at the end of the day, it's much easier to sell something that you're authentic, that is very authentic. Um, and then telling your story and having that consistent throughout from the, the product names to, you know, everything that you do. Um, so that, that was number one. So I'm sitting here thinking, like, I had this idea for this podcast, and I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to quickly jot down on a notepad while I'm watching Netflix or something, like these things that came to my head. So that was number one. Um, number two is when thinking about a brand, you need to think about what are your sales channels that you're going to be selling for. Um, now, one of the reasons for this is because it really helps guide pricing. And uh, hence, you know, the feasibility of releasing certain products, right? So at the end of the day, we do things a little bit backwards here because generally we create the products that we want to create and then we see if they're economically feasible. But if you're, uh, and that's just, we also have some of those pricing ideas in the back of our mind. But if you're new to this, you really need to understand where your costs need to be to make this viable, right? And so I will walk you through pricing in the industry and, you know, what that looks like. Uh, cause I know a lot of people don't understand it. So the decisions are, is like, are you going to be an Amazon specific brand? Like that's a whole, that's a whole other beast. I'm not going to talk about that now. Um, are you going to sell direct to consumer on your website? If so, you, you, that's where you have the most margin, right? But if you're selling direct to consumer on your website and you also have, or you also want to sell to retailers, 
you want to do wholesale, um, you need to make sure that your own website is not competing with the retailers, right? This is something that you deal with mm-hmm. all the time with your retailers, and this is the something that you re- deal with all the time on the stores. You don't want to carry a product, you know, that doesn't give you margin or that on- gives you margin only if you price it higher than what they can get it at their website for, their direct consumer. We don't want to deal with those people. So you have to, so if you're going to say, I'm only direct to consumer, then you price the product how you want to price the product, right? But if you're going to do direct to consumer and you're going to do wholesale to uh, retailers, you need to understand that a good brick and mortar retailer, now depending on the product, is going to want 40 to 50 points. That's that's where it is. Especially in this day and age. I mean, I'm going to be full disclosure here. I probably shouldn't do this. Carl probably won't like this. But, you know, our weighted average margin in the nutrition corners is 47%. And that's even core in American arms race. We sell. In 2015, I was struggling to make 35% in Arlington. Well, things have changed. Right. We're buying power and we all that We only had three stores. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Come along yeah, a lot more. Lot and, more and, we, and, we, and we price it's super. Like, we price match guarantee. You know, we have the lowest prices you'll get everywhere, but that's where we come out. So you need to think about when you're creating products. If you're going to sell on your website, so let's say you have a $40 product, right? You need to make sure if you want to wholesale, this was a conversation I had with this company the other day that like, if you want to go from direct to consumer to wholesaling, you need to make sure that you can make money by selling it, selling it at, you know, 20, $22 to the retailers or no one's going to touch your product. No good real retailer, I think is going to be able to be viable at much less than that. I mean, there's some, you know, like I think 40% is really the number like where you have to be minimum. Um, if you have more to offer, like if Correct. you're a, if you're a single fly by night pre workout, right? We're talking about a brand here, right? We're not talking about yeah. a single product pre workout. If you have a whole brand, I mean, like that's, a lot of our retailers pay forty percent off a of wholesale for core, right? And whole, by wholesale, we, we, we also offer a brand. We offer support, which you're going to get into, I think. Yep. Um, we offer much more than that. Yep. Um, but if you're a retailer, a wholesaler, like you just offer one pre workout. Yeah. And you just offer them 40% with one pre-workout and that's all you have. Yeah. They're, you know, and that's what I'm saying. It's just like in the pre-workout category, you know, you need to be a 45% minimum. Now at the protein category, especially right now, you know, you might be a 35% and that's viable, right? right. Um, it, it's just, I'm just kind of talking holistically that like you need to make sure that retailers can make 45 points. Like you want to get there. That's your target, right? Um, so you need to think about that. So direct to consumer, wholesale. And then there's another step in there. Do you want to add in a distributor? So if you add in somebody like Muscle Foods or Europa, right, they're going to want to make 20 points. So now you need to be economically viable to sell your product so that the distributor makes 20 points and then the retailer makes 40 points. You know, because people understand that going through a distributor, they're going to have a lower margin, than if they went direct for the most part. Now we've worked that out with Europa for a core when we went there that pretty much we worked it out so that our retailers get the same price, whether it's from us or them. A couple few, you know, differences there, but yeah, it, pretty, pretty spot on. So like that's another la- layer to this. And then you need to think about, okay, am I going to shoot for vitamin shop or GNC? This was something that we need to think about there. You need to, you need to be prepared to give GNC and Vitamin Shop, let's say, fifty to sixty percent margin. So if if you and ha- yeah. add support on top of that, and right? a lot of support and costs, and having a guy driving around in a van all the time, spending money on gas and hose and everything else, 
He's got me in trouble. Yeah, yeah no, just kidding. Just kidding. I swear. Just kidding. Uh, what was this $400 dinner at this? What? The? Yeah, but, and no, no, but like support, supporting GNC and going to their meetings and paying for their lunches and, you know, doing all that stuff. That's a, and then all the marketing support and beyond that. Now, GNC and Vitamin Shop have different um, um, requirements and stuff and different pricing. Like Vitamin Shop will, look, will ask for a little bit less of a bottom line price, but uh, they'll ask for a big kickback on marketing dollars. So like, you know, 10% marketing on top of it. So like the bottom line price that GNC will give you for your product might be lower, but they won't have a big ask on like a marketing spend or something like that. But and it's all there's the whole other aspect of when GNC sends it to franchises, that markup as well and try and do well, that's a whole. That's a yeah. That's a whole nother. That's, that's a podcast a, in and of we'll itself. We'll do a GNC podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like that. That is something to think about because there are certain brands that are really great brands that do really well in franchise based off of their margins. Yeah. So I mean, even well, when I mean, you're that, that's something. You know, some people. Yeah, will start in. So not so thinking about whether do I not, do I want to start in GNC franchise or do I want to start in corporate. And we made a decision to start in corporate because of their support of us. But on the downside, if our franchises want the product, they have to buy it through corporate. So it gets marked up again to them. So they make less margin. So like that's why we do much better in corporate than we do right now in franchise because we can't give franchise the love because we can't go direct to them because of our contract with GNC Corp. It's just that's a whole other podcast, right? Yeah, so, right. Been- and, and you know, like the business model's changing. It's been revamped. So like hopefully in the future that will change. But, um, so <clears throat> that is the different uh, sales distribution channels that you need to think about. And the whole point of this is really thinking about pricing. So you'll hear us talk about wholesale pricing and map pricing and stuff like that. So let me explain that for a minute. Retail pricing doesn't mean anything anymore. Back in the day, retail- MSRP? MSRP is like what GNC- you would sell it for in like GNC 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, it like was like 89 99 89.99 for a pre-workout. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. The real price is wholesale. If this is a messed up industry. It doesn't really work this way. Wholesale is literally your map price, which is your minimum advertised price. That's the price that you're going to see it everywhere. That's the price where you can get it online. That's the price where you can walk into a retail store and get it. That's essentially your wholesale price. And then you have to give discounts off of that. That's generally the lingo in this industry. So, for example, like you want to make sure that your retailers are getting at least 40% off a wholesale slash map price, like we talked about. Just so you guys all understand when I'm talking about pricing, how this works. Um, The next big thing is the three C's, right? You need to think about how you want to build content, culture, and community. You need to write down your core values and your purpose, and you got to set a BHAG. Big, hairy, audacious. Let's move on to the next one. No. So that's massive right there, right? Because if you're thinking about the costs involved of that is what is your content? You don't have to get crazy. All your content can be filmed on an iPhone, you know? Which, But you need content. Today, it's mostly done that way. Right. A lot of brands just do that. So you need content. And then your culture, that your culture is really, and, and, and and then your community, which you attract with your culture, is really determined by what your core values are and what are your purpose. And this goes back to your why. Like, why are you doing this in the first way? And what are those core values? Plug for episode number one of Boss Status, where we go over our 12 core values. These are things that, you know, we were 17 years into business and we decided to really write down and and cement. These are things you should do before you sell anything. Like, what are your core values? Now, those can change. Totally. You will develop those through time. 
Uh, and you really want to write down your purpose. What's your purpose? Is it your purpose to be, um, you know, the best supplement company to a very niche group of people um, to empower people to be more confident in their body? I don't know what it is. I'm just making these things up, right? Like, but what 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 is your real purpose of your brand? Um, and the purpose and your core values that really helps create your culture and it helps attract your community, right? <laughs> And, and then you need content around that to tell your story. So I love Joe Mansell from Massive Joe's. He said that content is king, but community is kingdom, right? And that's so true, right? Like, you know, you can do all the content you want, but if you're not attracting and building the right community or giving back to your community, then it doesn't mean anything. So that's a lot of, there was a lot of buzzwords there. And then we also said BHAG, which is a big, hairy, audacious goal. Write it down. What do you want to do in your first year? Like we did this for arms race. What, what, what were our sales, arms race? What were our sales that you want to accomplish in the first year of business? Right? So that's the first step is like set the goal and then you need to figure out how to get there. Uh, but that's, this is a, this is, these are initial things that you need to think about before you invest any dollar, before you put your pen to paper on any formulation, before you create your, your magical pre-workout that you think is going to change the world, which is really not. Um, you need to think about these because at the end of the day, you can have the best pre-workout in the world, but if you don't have those things, the brand, the community, you know, the ideas to build a con the community and the culture, it won't do anything. You won't reach many people with it. Um, so those are some of the high level things that you would need to think about before you even start. Then you really need to get into the nitty gritty. You got to find a manufacturing partner, right? So who's going to make this? You can't make this in your bathtub. So you want to want to find you know, uh, CGMP certified facility. Uh, you want to make sure that they're doing, you want to get good references. And we have all the contacts through the years now, and we have a great manufacturing partner right next to us right now. So like, this is easy for us, but if you're just getting into this, talk to people, get references, go visit the plant, understand their processes, understand what is your responsibility, what is their responsibility, get a supply agreement in place, which costs legal money, so there's like money right right there. These are all the things that a lot of people don't do, but you really should if you're starting out. And, and it's, not, it's not as scary as it sounds, but thinking about the manufacturing and your products, I would say to start a legitimate brand, you need a bare minimum of three to four products. And uh, let's assume these are flavored products. You need at least two to three flavors because nobody wants one flavor of product. They want choices. So... In thinking about this, that's anywhere from six to 12 different SKUs that you need to create. So, um, and then you want to think about the brand. What are the SKUs that are relevant to your brand? What are the SKUs that are the biggest sellers? Pre-workouts, amino acids, right? Uh, Non-stim pre-workouts. Like it's probably a good start, right? And then some type of protein or something like that. Um, so think about what are the categories that sell the most? Um, you could, you can always get into the niche products after you build your initial, uh, brand. Um, most manufacturing partners, they all have different minimums. Uh, and this is where we get into some of the specifics. So, um, I would say that your best bet is any legitimate manufacturer, um, is not going to run anything less than a thousand units of something. So, uh, a thousand units of one product of one flavor. Okay. So if you're doing, let's say, 12 products to launch, four products, three flavors each, you know, that's 12,000 units, okay? Um, thinking about how much that's actually going to cost you, um, given the market and what we, what's going on right now, prices are way more expensive, right? 
Um, you know, a lot of companies make millions and hundreds of millions of dollars on pre-workouts that cost $6. That's, that's the, that's the sweet spot. Like, I mean, if you think about it, like, let's say like, so total war, right? Like you could make total, maybe not nowadays, but you know, you could make total war, which is a good product. Uh, you know, probably for, they're probably making it for six bucks, maybe less, you know? Um, and C4, right? Like these, these, I mean, that's, that's what it costs. Um, realistically for somebody like myself and most people that are getting into the supplement industry and want to create their own brand, probably have a passion for it and probably want to create something a little bit better, a little bit more unique, a little bit higher dose, you know, something that they are going to want to use on a regular basis. Um, you know, you're looking at it probably a sweet spot is like you want to be in, you know, the 10 to $12 mark range. And that's probably expensive for a lot of the massive brands out there. But for smaller niche brands, that's the case. You know, we have pre-workouts that cost, I'm not going to give exact number here, but we have pre-workouts that cost now, especially significantly more than that to make. Um, but if you want to be economically viable, if you want to be able to sell in the wholesale market or to GNC or to, you know, uh, mom and pop retailers or be in distribution, um, you need to be in that spot, you know, say 10 to 12, right? So that's 60,000. Let's go on the cheap end right there. $10. Uh, let's go on the higher end. Let's go $12. Cause especially with the way price is not right now. So $12 a product and you're going to run anywhere between six and 12,000 products. So you're looking at $72,000 to $144,000 in just products. So that's just the powder mixed with flavoring, the bottle, and the cardboard box it goes into. That doesn't include labels. Now, when you get into labels, labels can anywhere be anywhere from five or ten cents when you're running tens of thousands. Uh, or if you're only running printing like one or two thousand labels, they could be over a dollar. And if you do special materials, it could be even more. It could be up to two dollars a label. So if you're doing low volumes, let's say this costs a dollar a label. Right, so that's another twelve thousand dollars you have to put into this. So we're already at about one hundred fifty thousand dollars just with finished product, right? Which honestly, if you think about it, there's not too many other businesses you can get in with for one hundred fifty thousand dollars. So that's that's not bad, right? Um, and then you got to like, who's going to do your labels? You can't have labels that look like they're printed on you know, you know, your construction paper. You need professionally done labels with a professionally graphic designer. If you're an amateur graphic designer and while you're getting into this and think you can do it yourself, if you really want to create a brand, you're fooling yourself. There's a lot more involved. So get a recommendation on a label supplier from your manufacturing partner that you've already vetted, right? Work with them and then work contract somebody. It's probably going to cost you a couple thousand dollars, anywhere from two to $5,000 to get somebody to really help you with your brand concept. That also, <clears throat> with speaking of labels... Um, I would, if, if you don't know it yourself to have that person helping with you with your labels to make sure your labels are compliant. I know there's a lot of detail yep. of how they need to flow of certain, certain warnings that need to go, be, to go on there. Um, and there's a lot of brands that we've seen through our retail stores that they just hand print them on there. Well, so <clears throat> that's a good point. I didn't even have that in here. That's a whole other level. You really should have a law firm, which is going to cost you maybe, let's say you can have them review one of the labels and that will give you your guideline of pretty much all the corrections you need to make. And then you can apply that to all of them. So it's going to cost you one to 2000 bucks for a, like a label review, something like that. Um, and you know, no one does that label review when they're first getting in and running a pre-workout, 
most people will take the, the panel that the manufacturer sends them. Oh, this is what's in it. And literally, they don't even change the formatting and no. throw it on there. It's like all, there's no lines. It's just it's all just, on a white So piece. You, you really need to, you know, and then if you're using trademark ingredients, you got to get the licenses signed with the trademark companies so that you can legally use their ingredients. And then you have to make sure that it's legally written correctly on the labels and get it reviewed by their legal team. So there are a lot of steps in that legal pro in the label process um, that you need to do. And honestly, spend the time to do it because there's nothing worse than having a great product and a really crappy label that is not even FDA, close to FDA compliant. 99% of the label, 90% of the labels out there are not compliant. Like if you really read uh, the guidelines to the T, you know, like they're very specific and most people don't know all that stuff. Um, but definitely put the effort in there and then find a good designer who's, um, you know, familiar with branding to help you bring your concept to your label. Right. Um, there's nothing more important than that. Like if you have a crappy label, no one's going to buy it. If you have a crappy product and a great label, people will still buy it. Oh, totally. Keep that out if we need to. I don't give a f but you know, so I mean, that was, was their product beat that out too so well that's great like, because you know they point like that stuff was three dollars to make yeah and you'd sold it for 49.99 and people bought it all day long but here's the Just thing because it looked cool. and that's exactly why we created america labs and that's exactly why but we wanted people to actually come by and buy it again uh, uh was so great the first time but to come back and buy it over and over and over didn't happen very often. So the idea behind America Labs is a side note pitch for America Labs was to have over the top branding, the American patriotic things that uh, elicit an emotional response, whether positive or negative uh, during that time. Um, but which will make you buy it the first time, but you'll keep coming back because it's stuck to the core values that we have as a company, which is the quality, the innovation, all of that stuff. Um, so yes, the branding, the, the labels are so important and, um, so right off the bat, I mean, when you include a, a label review, the label printing, you know, so that's another $15,000 on top of 144, you're looking at, you know, $160,000 right up there, really just to have finished product. Um, you know, then to support your launch, you need authentic swag. This is something that people don't underestimate. We do a ton of swag for the brands. People love it. And it's great branding. It's the best marketing you have when you walk around and you see people wearing your stuff and you're not even asking them to work for you. They just love your, your, your clothing or, you know, for arms race, we did, the key is here is authentic swag. We had cigar cutters and humidors when we launched, right? Like, or shortly thereafter, um, you know, it, having those little tchotchkes and those things prepared, um, t-shirts at a bare minimum, right? Like when you launch, you need it. People want to rep your brand if you're really creating a brand. Um, so let's say another 10,000 there. So we're already up to, let's, we're up to close 175,000 bucks ish, right? We haven't even really gotten started yet. Haven't even got into warehouse. Yeah. So, um, you need a website, you know, a website can be, let's, you could get a good website made for five grand, you know, Shopify costs $300 a month, uh, for the, the basic, you know, one of the basic, uh, platforms, unless you're doing Shopify plus, um, but you need to make sure that website is consistent with your labels. So you're probably going to need to contract that graphic designer who did your labels to work with your website designer to get them the graphics, unless it's a, an in-house, you know, website designer that 
can do the graphics as well, but they have to be consistent. Um, so, you know, you're looking at it now, we're at like 180,000 bucks and you haven't, you haven't launched yet. Um, this is not even to mention the things you need to do beforehand. You know, you need to create an LLC to start your company, right? You need to get business licenses. And if, if you're in a county that, you know, requires you to business license to do business, um, you need to do all of those things, you know, even before you start this, you need to get an operating agreement in place. If you have part, you know, if you have partners, um, I mean, our operating agreement for arms race was 35 pages long. You need to spell out, okay, this is what happens if this happens. This, you know, we, ha we had a third partner in arms race when we first started. Well, that ended after a year. And so how do you handle that? If we didn't have an operating agreement in place that said, this is what happens when, you know, a partner wants to leave or we bought out, then it causes real drama and issues, right? So we had it all kind of mapped out. Um, and so it was fine. And, uh, but you need that. You need an exit strategy in your operating agreement. Nobody wants to think about it. That's because you're all hyped up. We're starting a brand, bro. We're best buds. We're doing this. Yeah. And then, you know, a month in, you're like, man, you're an asshole, <laughs> right? So like you need to think about the worst case scenario when you're creating the brand and have an exit strategy uh, mapped out in that. So that's another legal fee, which I didn't include there. So we're adding up. We're, can we get a counter, running counter here, Aaron? We're Ding. like, that's at least Ding. another five grand. Let's go. We're like a 185 now. Ding. Um, so these are things you need to do before you even start. Um, if, if I haven't scared you away yet, that's good. So we're going to continue. Um, uh, email marketing, right? So what happens if the internet, and so I'll, I'll tie these two together, social media marketing and email marketing. I'm not even going to talk about social media spend ads, uh, Google AdWords, all that other stuff, which is all great. You need to do it. You need, as you grow, you're going to need to spend money on ad, those ads. Let's just put that to the side because you could decide I'm going to spend $1,000 a month or you could spend $100,000 a month. So we're just going to, for the time being, we're going to say you're going to grow this organic. We're going to just put that to the side. Um, but social media, so you got to have, and all of this you can do yourself, right? Like if you're somebody started, you can start your Facebook you can start your Instagram. You got to have that good content that tells your brand story. You got to map it out and you got to be strategic about your posts. You can't just post random crap, right? Like you want to have a good story and a good flow to what your social media looks like. Um, and then if social media disappears tomorrow, which shit, maybe it will, hopefully it will, um, you need a way to reach your consumer, right? So you got to start building an email marketing list. Like that's huge. Like email marketing and text marketing is huge. And so make sure you have a sign up on your website that pushes people um, to sign up for your email marketing list so that they know when you're dropping new products, you're launching new stuff. Um, and that email marketing list you can create, you need to start creating that from day one because that email is gold, right? Um, so that's another thing that you need to think about. And that's another cost, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month um, that you're going to need to, you need to pay. The big thing here is fulfillment warehousing, packaging, who's doing all that, right? You just ordered 12,000 products. You're going to really do that yourself? I think the answer is yes for a lot of people, right? Like they don't want to pay somebody, you know? Um, so in the beginning, you're going to learn to how to print labels, right? You're going to have to work with a shipping company to get the label printer and connected that to the website and do all that. And you're going to have to learn to box things up. How do you box appropriately? How do you get that all set up smoothly with your website? You think that might be not a really complicated process, but trust me, it is. It's complicated. You should see some of the shit that comes in the back door of Newport News. Yeah. Like, yeah. dude, bro, you had one job. 
So you got to pack that stuff. So before that, though, you have to spend money on packaging materials. I would think, I mean, shoot, that's easy. Another $15,000 to, you know, to get, you know, to buy in bulk and do all that stuff. So we're now like 200 grand right there. Um, boxes, you know, bubble wrap machine or a bubble maker machine or, a, you know, cardboard filler so that your product's not thrown all around. Dunnage. Um, dunnage. Yeah. Extra dunnage, you know, all that stuff. Tape, tables to pack this stuff. Like, you know, the one great thing that we have is now when we start a brand, like this infrastructure that all these things I talked about, it's done. And right. Like, and that's why, you know, we can turn a brand, you know, if we, we can go from a brand concept to, to market in three months and it'll be kick-ass. Um, but you know, that took 17 years doing this to figure that out. Um, and we have the luxury of doing it and that's why we will probably continue to build brands. Um, in this is because of this facility and what we have and the capability to do it and spread costs out over, you know, multiple brands. Um, but those are real problems. Like where are you going to keep shoot? That's like, you know, what, I don't know, 10 to 20 pallets of product. Where are you going to put that? You're not putting 20 pallets of product in your garage. Like you're just not. So you're going to get at bare minimum a storage unit, but that's kind of ghetto. So you're going to probably have to sign a lease which then puts, they're going to ask you for a personal guarantee so that if you fail in the first three months, you're going to have to pay out the rest of the rent. So you're going to want to get something short-term. Short-term means more expensive. So one to two-year lease means it's a more expensive per square foot. But you could find something for 1000 bucks a month, 2000 bucks a month, depending on where you live, right? Um, so that's a couple thousand dollars a month for storage right there. Um, and then... The big thing here is, you know, it's launch day, right? You're going to launch. Don't expect everyone to just go to your website and break your website. You need to do the the pre-launch stuff. You got to start building the hype. You got to start talking. And, and this doesn't have to be just on social media and, and like nationally or, or across the world. It can be locally. You know, you need to, at the bare minimum, make sure every bro in your gym knows you're launching a brand and they're going to buy, you know, you're at least going to get 100 orders from all your bros, Right. Like that's, you know, a bare minimum. So like this can be a grassroots effort. I mean, that's really where it starts. So don't feel like you're just going to turn on the website and it's going to go bonkers. Right. Um, and the big thing here is don't expect to take any money out of this brand because right. Because when your products get down to like 500 units left, you know, it takes time to reorder the products. And as you continue to grow, products move faster. So you're going to need to order more products. Then you're going to need to order, order more flavors and do new products. Right, so that's going to need the profit that you took from that first run. Um, you need to put it right back in to quickly reorder because you're going to reorder to a point where you have more than a thousand products. So you have maybe fifty, you know, twelve hundred by the time you know you sell through because you don't want to run out. If you run out, which I see a lot of times, new brands they launch and then they run out. It's kind of like they got money in the door and then they went out and bought a Lambo or they just took the money out. They thought they were it was amazing, but they didn't realize oh sh like we got to reorder. And how many small brands out there do you see stuff just out of stock? I mean, you see that we carry some small brands in our stores. They're out of stock of just about everything, you know, all the time, right? It's because they don't quickly reinvest. So for Core, I didn't take anything out of Core for seven years, not a penny. It might have even been longer than that. Um, so you definitely want to be prepared to not take any money out for, I say, a year bare minimum. And you're going to take money out in a year if you're very successful, right? Like... You know, I really think it's a couple years, really. Um, so, you know, all in all, you know, I think you're looking at, um, I guess, one other item. We talked about getting your operating agreement, your business started. You got to protect yourself. You got to get insurance. 
you know, we won't bring brands into our stores unless you have insurance. And that's a, that's a big thing. Um, you need to get insurance, right? The more, and the more product you spend, uh, the more your insurance is right. So we spend a ton of money on insurance right now. Um, but that's a bare minimum. You're going to spend at least five grand. A lot of insurance companies for supplements will have a minimum fee of a thousand, uh, 5,000. So regardless of how many products you sell, it's five grand minimum. So that's another five grand. So we're well over, we're over, well over $200,000 now. And that's with zero working capital in the bank. And that's with you out t- without taking a salary. And no employees yet. And no employees. And no employees, right. Right. So, I mean, I would say a bare minimum really to create a brand. So this is, I want to specify that this is for creating a brand that has the potential to do tens of millions of dollars down the line. Right. Um, you can start off with like one product. And when I, and when I say down the line, I mean within the first five to 10 years, right? Like, so like very realistic in the short term and I'm, but you can start out, you could do one product and you could do this, but like, I'm truly talking about starting a brand or starting a movement. This is your bare minimum. And you can go in bigger. You could go in with a million dollars and you could get a lot more fancy. You get a fireworks and smoke and all this stuff, right? I would come on stage, <laughs> flamethrowers flame flame and stuff, you know, rocket launchers. But, um, and that's even better. But like I said, like well, I'm trying to be realistic to somebody out there, probably your more average person who is really thinking about wanting to do this or has a concept. I'm trying to give them a better understanding of what it takes. And uh, so, I mean, you're looking at a quarter million dollars, bare minimum, Right. Um, I won't say that the story behind core couldn't happen nowadays, but back in 2000, there's no social media. These kids don't get it. Right. I mean, everything is completely different in 2005 than what you are now. Right. And so I just don't know that you could grow the way that they think they can. If like, Hey, I got $10,000 that grandpa gave me, you know, and I'm going to have that one product. Right. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but it's the world is extremely But different. at the same time, in this world today with the way social media is, if you can build the up your own phone, different. the opportunity is different. That I there's even more hope. Yes, it's not it's completely different, but you could take one product. If you and let's say you just busted your ass and you did YouTube videos every day on just dumb stuff, right? And you had you started off with getting 10 views a day. And you just kept on doing a matter, not discouraged because you only got 10 views and you kept on doing it. And next thing you know, something happened where you got a, now you have a hundred thousand followers and then you bring out, bring out one product and your followers buy it. You sell out a thousand units like that. Boom. You put that money back in. You could then flip that again. Right. Um, but there has to be a reason. There has to be like, like, so there, you can catch fire, right. Uh, with a very small amount of money. And I think there's, Dozens and dozens and dozens of examples of that, right? Yeah. Like, uh, but so that opportunity is there. So I don't want to discourage somebody from doing that. I'm just trying to talk about building a brand. What I feel would be the, the, and I don't even want to say optimum because I think it probably takes double this to do it really right, right? Um, but to do it and have a good shot at success, setting yourself up to have a good shot at making this a million, a two million, a five million, a ten million dollar brand, you know, sometime in the very near future. Yeah. So, those are my initial thoughts. Those are my Netflix Netflix thoughts. Did I miss anything? All within ten minutes. I mean, yeah, minus like employees, because again, like, how are you going to do all of those responsibilities by yourself? Can it be done? Okay. 
it, it, it could, but like once you're start, if you're actually moving product, you need yeah. somebody at least helping there. So like you got to hire somebody, you know, let's say fifteen dollars an hour to pack boxes. Yeah, right. You know, and then the other part is is the support, which is touched on, but that has to include the sample support. That's like it drives me absolutely crazy. I don't talk about it, uh, you know, directly to, to to vendors and reps and new accounts as much anymore. It's really Trey's job. But when I do get on the mic with them, I was like, if you're not gonna send the sample support in the nutrition corners, you will fail. It's a kid in a candy store, right? So if they're like, well, what do you got to try? Well, we have this. And if you don't come to 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 the table with something to sample, they're well. Not- let's talk about samples. So sample so. packets. I always tell our guys here to think about sample packets as costing a dollar. Yeah. Right. Excuse me. Bare minimum, you're going to run five, uh, ten thousand per skew. You do. Some places will give you get away at doing like five thousand, something like that. But it's a bare minimum ten thousand, right? So you could do sample packs, and it's great to start off that way. But honestly, what we've found is better is to send whole product. Yes. Send free whole product uh, because you're already doing it anyways, right? And there's something about sampling out product. You know, we do this at the nutrition corners. Something about sampling out products, it, it, it gives them a mint. It gives them a, a, a personal touch, right? Like it it might not look as cool as a shiny pouch, but um, there's something to be said for that. Yeah. yeah. So And it's super important. So you got to be able to give away product. And that, you know, I'll be honest with you. I mean, that, that was tough for me, right? Like I, in the beginning, man, I, I valued everything. And that's why it's, it's cool now. It's just because it's like... Um, I was there when I was had to pinch every single penny. Like ed, every free product was like a real like decision maker. <laughs> like man, do I give them a free product? You know, it cost me, you know, fifteen dollars to make this product. Do I give them the product? I'm not sure if I should give them. A product. Should I give? Them? Yeah, I'll give it to them. Oh no, they didn't post. This is a conversation yeah. with yourself. This is a conversation with myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and that was literally like, and that's why one of our core values is collect the gold dust. Yeah. Right, it's just like don't be frivolous with your money and throw things away. But at the same time, you need to let go, and you and, and you know as I became more successful and the brand started growing, you realize more. You need to spend money to make money. I mean, I remember back when it was uh, uh, Celtech uh, rep and uh, Brian Houston uh, with uh, TNC. Brian Houston, and, you, remember, you know Brian. And Brian, you know Brian Houston. Brian took care of me and would let me try stuff all the time. And because I worked at Gold's Gym One Life, he knew I was a person that loved supplements. Like, give it to Carl. Carl will talk about it in the gym. So, I mean, you had to be strategic about it, right? Yep. But it wasn't just like, hey, just take this. But I remember getting in, in good with some USB. You were an influencer, bro. <laughs> you were a GNC. Early 2000s influencer. <laughs> well, for, for Celtech and for... Uh, uh, Core Nutritional sold out of the back of your, tr- your car. For uh, USP Labs. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I got so much of that yeah. stuff, and I, I would... I would post all my stacks and all that kind of stuff. And be, and you like, know, the cool thing about USB labs is that also everything costs $3 to make. So it was like, he was like, he was like, yeah, you get, you, you want something? I'll send you a case. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was thinking, you know, we take 20, 20 prime. But they had, there's a shit, man. That was, was good I loved stuff. It. I mean, yeah. I love, I loved that, but I was like, so it's, so that was an expense, but when you give it to the right person, how that spreads, because my passion was there to talk about it versus just say, Hey, here, take this, you know? And uh, so that's key for these people trying to build a brand is well, that you do have to get the product in the right hands, but it doesn't always have to be through social media. It's like visit these gyms in your community. Find the people that actually love to take supplements, uh, that utilize supplements to, to earn the physique that they have, and put the product in their hands. You know, so, if you're making so a good think product, about, it, about like, it. From my standpoint, if we're going for building a brand, 
I'm very selective with what I give when I go to stores. I usually, you know, I drive up. If you see, I post the picture. But I, I'm doing something different when I am driving up. I'm seeing who's in that store because I'm curious with what I'm going to bring in. I don't want to discount the brand. The brand's meaningful. If I'm just throwing away supplements, mm -hmm. it's like, it's worthless. Yeah. If you can just give away free product, it's a completely worthless brand, in my opinion. So I am very selective with what I give in stores, what I talk about in stores, because, I mean, every employee's not the same. What they're exactly. interested in is not the same. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a huge thing. Be very selective with what you give out and who you give it out to because you don't want to discount your name on the product. So I'm very, very okay. picky when I give out was, stuff. Like, I don't just come in the store and say, hey, here's $300 worth of free stuff. No, that's not what it is. We're going to have a conversation. We're going to talk. I'm going to see your interest. Um, and if you're not interested, guess yeah. what? Later. Yep. But, <laughs> but, I mean, that's just the way I So you just it. gave out a, a ton a ton of care packages. Yes. And it's still, it's still in the back of my mind. I was like, man, I wonder what he gave all those people. I'm thinking, man, that's got to be at least like $50 a box. I'm like... They must be good boys and no, girls. So, um, so I'm just I'm, you know, I'm just kidding about that. No, but like, no, what? No. So what? What are you sending? So I'm just thinking about it because like I'm you're still selective. building a brand. So what I did is, um, and again, I'll just be transparent for the people that watch this. But you know, I went through the top thirty stores. Yeah. And you know the, the those stores really support us. So you know, I I, I sent very specific things because I know who's there. Handwritten love letters. I didn't, I, I wanted to do that. I wanted to actually write out uh, Christmas card letters, but, um, you know, I, I looked at the store, I looked at who's running that store and I sent them, you know, just little swag items that we have. I didn't send full product, but I did send things that I know those people will appreciate, whether it's the flavor of protein they've asked me for, whether it's, you know, a flag, whether it's things like nobody got the same thing. So it's, it's random little stuff that yeah. I know those people will appreciate. Yep. And they know I thought about it. But that. you felt like Santa Claus. I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. did. I, I, when I went and took that picture, I was like, I don't have a Santa Claus hat. We can make that happen. <laughs> yeah. hope some reps that, that are uh, working with the nutrition corners listen to what you just had to say. Carl's like, I want Christmas presents. You know, <laughs> it's important. You have to build a relationship. You have to build a connection. It's just Somebody sent a pie last year that I know the nutrition corners couldn't stop talking about. Wasn't it a pie or something like that? It's cookies. It was, uh, cookies. Yeah. Uh, was it All Max? Nah, no, but... But hey, Zeus talks about Rome from All Max, Roman all the time because uh, Roman came to town and took them out and they share, they share like the best carrot cake ever. And, and so Jesus still talks they about that. They took their forks and like crossed them. And <laughs> but I can't remember the rep now that, that did it and shame on me. And uh, but they brought. Must have been memorable, Carl. Well, the, <laughs> Way the, to screw up, screw my. Uh, the, the cook, well, again, for that is that I don't do the buying anymore. Like yeah. I'm not on the Trey day, would know. day. Trey will definitely know who it was. I promise you that. But they brought those cookies in, and like the whole team was like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" It was very touching, you know. So, uh. see, so even with that, I'm very specific too. Like, you know, taking people out to dinner. Yeah. You know, when um, when I got hired, and Doug's like, "Treat this like your business." Um, well, I also he follow. Got, he got the speech. <laughs> I they all got the speech. Got, um, you know, what would we pay for? Um, you know, it, it's very transparent that other brands will take people out for drinks. I told Doug from day one, I'm not doing that. No. If you guys want to wake up at 5 a.m. and train, because that's our that's our passion, let's talk and let's train in the morning. I'll oh, pay yeah. for that. Yeah. But, you know, me taking you out to a dinner, very rare. And if I do take you out to dinner, there's steak involved. It's not like cake and carrot cake and things like that. But, <laughs> it's, um, but, but again, it's, it's back to the brand. I always want to be authentic to the brand that we present. Um, so I, I really try to follow those values when I'm in stores and when I'm doing that kind of stuff. So again, just don't discount and don't, you know, I'm not going to take you out for drinks. I think it's that's important that you just figured out as to people that are creating brands, 
have reps that are loyal to the brand, right? Yep. I mean, I, I'm not going to name any names again, but it's like we've all heard of the reps that just bounce from brand to brand to brand. Hey, <laughs> all right, you said it, was <laughs> me, you know. And so, but it's like, dude, love all right, you, love you. What are you pitching this free, time, bro? Free you know, and it's just like, <laughs> I mean, I've had heart to hearts with him. It's like, dude, I mean, it's like, just pick one and, and fucking write it to the grave, you know? <laughs> and it's like, it should resonate in your heart with, with who you're working for and, and the brand that you're working with. And it's like, I'll always say that core is the, is the very best sports supplement brand in the fucking world. Prove me wrong. You know, I have, I have no doubt in my mind that the culture rivals any other culture, but nobody fucking touches the, the, the products that we have. Nobody, just nobody touches it. Right. And so it, whether I'm right or wrong, I don't give a f but that's the mentality that your rep should have. Like they will like, we're going to fight about this. Right. And, and if your rep doesn't believe that and he's just pitching products, like, you know, here's all your freebies, you know, whatever. And, and calls you up and say, Hey, can I, you know, can bro, I get an order? Can I get an order? I'm not going not gonna to name names. But, hey, I haven't talked to you in like forever. Can I get an order? Can, can you? <laughs> all right. You said it, you know? Love you. Love you. You know? We're gonna we're gonna totally end. bro. You're you know? gonna have to edit that out. We're gonna have to wrap this up for I'm on the chopping block. <laughs> yeah, <here. laughs> it's just that's what you don't do, bro. Definitely know? edit those out. It's just it's not it's just not how you do it. That's exactly what you have to do. You have to create relationships, but you have to treat this like it is your brand. Yeah, thousand percent. That's, those are my thoughts for starting a brand. So you need a quarter million. You need a great brand concept. You need some a lot of hustle, hard work, you know, willing to sacrifice. Got to build a community. Got to provide content. Create a great culture. And if you have That's any questions about today's podcast, Doug at CourtNutritionals.com. <laughs> taking, on, <laughs> taking on new brands? Or so, what are we doing so here, bro? Did we just... Hey, man, I'm DMP, man. I, yeah. I just, <laughs> no one knows what you're talking about. That's right. Hey, not yet. Yeah. So that's it, guys. If you, if, but seriously, if you do have any questions, I am an open book. I talk about all this stuff all, all the time. I love doing it. I do not claim to have all the answers. There are people that are way smarter than I am. Uh, there are tons of amazing, successful businesses out there. Um, you know, I encourage you to reach out to those people as well. They may or may not share with you. Uh, like I said, I'm an open book. Uh, I have phone calls all the time. Just sometimes I wonder why. But then I really actually enjoy the conversations. Um, so if you do have any questions, you know, you can hit, hit me up and uh, I'll do my best to help you. Is that it, guys? That's it, dude. Till next time, keep crushing it.